Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is back. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, let me turn on my mic. I'm sorry. I forgot how to do this. Uh, yeah, good, <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, and I know we got to get to uh, the lies about the state of Florida and the education there. Uh but there's a heat wave and we're all going to die. Gosh dang it. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Good Monday morning. Our big story once again, that extreme heat. Yes, and new areas of the country now on alert. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's July 24th. This is today. Yeah, that's right. Are you telling me, dang it, that what? in America during summer, some places get hotter than others and that sometimes yeah. other places will cool down? While other regions wind up getting warmer in late July, yeah, but this is unprecedented. (laughs) It's records. Okay, and it's on the move. Brutally high temps on tap from coast to coast, set to expand to the Midwest and Northeast. If it's going to get hotter, I'm like, I don't know how we're going to make it. How are we going to make it? The CDC is developing a vaccine now against heat. (laughs) How are we going to make it? You have to take three of them, but you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you get too hot, go to Walmart for an hour. I know, man. But, you know, we had audio last week, and that was from January. Michael Schellenberger and Joe Rogan saying this is going to be the next COVID, and now we're watching it all It is all the unfold. next COVID. It absolutely is. It yes. totally is. More on that a little bit later. What is the big controversy with well, Florida, David? I thought it was really interesting. Right on time, the same week that you have two IRS whistleblowers coming out and saying, yeah, the Justice Department was slow walking and hampering investigations into the president's son and stopping us from doing any investigation that would lead to Joe Biden. Oh, also you have uh, the release of a memo from a source who told the FBI in 2020 that there are records that prove that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden took $5 million apiece in bribes from a Ukrainian gas company. So right on cue, the same week that that all happens, Yep. Somebody decides to get all uh, upset about Florida's education standards. Oh, my gosh. They're teaching kids that slaves benefited from slavery. <laughs> Dude, we went over this. Yeah. It's this a is lie. a lie. It is it's a, a flat out yeah, lie. It is total lie. And the vice president, Kamala Harris, lied about it again in back to back speeches. Uh, She went on after saying, oh, my gosh, the state of Florida is telling kids that slaves benefited from slavery. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And went on to say this. Okay. And, you know, as as parents, we teach our children to tell the truth. (laughs) It's one of the first things we teach our children. How would you know? (laughs) Love and honor their parents, their God, and tell the truth. Oh, their God. oh this is rich, children. man. This yeah, is I know, really I rich. It, I hadn't heard this before. This is so difficult. It oh, really is. Oh, my goodness. All right. We teach our children not only to tell the truth, but to seek knowledge and truth. It's part of what we know is about putting them on the road 
Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Am I the only one that's sitting here going, what's this we stuff? Yeah, I I don't know. Oh, because she, she doesn't have any biological children. Is that what you're Correct. saying? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Well, they call her Mamala. Uh, okay. We know that. Oh, right. Okay. For them to grow and develop for the sake of our mutual well-being and prosperity. Oh. These are the things we tell them. Well, I think we should model what we say. I think you should, too. Yeah. Tell me about your career advancement. Is there an end in this site anywhere of this nonsense? <laughs> no. But it's, it's interesting that that entire statement, though, was predicated on a lie. Yes. It is. And you're pretty good at explaining this, for those that don't well, know. So, so in the curriculum outline, and I forget what the exact phrasing was here, but uh, they have notes that are uh, underneath certain uh, sections. They're called clarifications. They're basically like footnotes to say, here are some of the takeaways from uh, this lesson. And in one part about, well, talking about what slaves did, what kind of tasks they took on, uh, it says, let me see, uh, do, 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 slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. And that's been warped into Florida's teaching kids that slavery was good. Yes, it, it honestly got warped into this. Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. Oh, God. As you're doing exactly that. Yeah, that, it's a straight She read up it lie. on Twitter. She read it on Twitter, and she just verbatim wrote it down and went and took it to Florida. Yeah, and, and again, the entire reason for this is to shift the national conversation away from her boss, who is facing some pretty serious allegations of corruption. God. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, that's not going away. The facts don't disappear. You can only ignore it for so long. You got to get to it at some point. But again, man, you also have, you know, a legacy media that just gets their talking points from the administration. What do you want us to talk about? That's why it's so interesting that CBS is the one that's actually done some reporting on this. But we'll get to more on that a little bit later. As far as the corruption with Joe Biden, what's the latest on that, David? Well, one of Hunter Biden's business partners is going to be testifying in front of the House Oversight Committee, supposedly this week. And we're getting a sneak preview of what he's going to say. This is Devin Archer, who's already, you know, I guess he's facing sentencing now as part of a $60 billion bond fraud scam that he was a part of mm -hmm. now according to the new york post devin archer will testify that joe biden himself was involved in business deals while joe was vice president which is not yeah. joe biden private citizen just helping Ooh. out his son this is joe biden vice president helping to make corrupt business deals uh in december of 2015 the head of that ukrainian energy company burisma apparently desperately needed to talk to hunter biden and during a meeting, one of the dudes says, hey, can you ring up your dad? He did put Joe on speakerphone and says, hey, man, the, these guys need our support. According to the article, VP Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during the short call. Uh, three days after the speakerphone call, the then vice president uh, was due to fly to Kiev to address the Ukrainian parliament. 
Of course, we know the story of the prosecutor general in Ukraine, Viktor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma for corruption. And Shokin was fired after Joe Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in aid to Ukraine. Okay. I mean, it's like this trail of crumbs. Of yeah. course. Yes. What is the big story to me? And I think Miranda Devine from the New York Post, who's done such great reporting on this story, has said, all of this is incredibly troubling. There's no doubt about it. What is probably a bigger story has been the cover-up. Yeah. It's always worse than the actual crime. Well, always. Well, because this is not just yeah. one person or a couple trying to cover it up. Oh, it's they've got everybody it's involved. It's the FBI. It's yeah. It's the deep state. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's what it is. Well, think about it. We have all of this evidence that's been trickling out, and we'll see what Devin Archer has to say uh, explicitly on down the road. But the fact that this was potentially going to be uncovered by the Trump administration mm-hmm. led to Donald Trump's impeachment. They impeached the guy for asking about this. Yeah. That's how deep this thing goes. It's wild, man. Dang. It's really wild. Okay, more on that a little bit later. Did you see where Elon Musk is changing Twitter to X? Oh, yeah. I saw it this morning when I logged on to Twitter. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't really care that much. As long as the app basically functions the way I need it to function, I don't care what he calls it. Do you think it's a good thing for the business? I, I I don't know how it would be a good or a bad thing. I I'm very neutral on it. I don't have a hot take on that. Okay. Just curious, like the reaction. I, my first reaction is just curiosity. Like why? There's got to be a reason because he's a pretty smart guy. So he's just trying to change the branding maybe because of what Twitter has stood for for people. I have no idea. I know the threads thing from Facebook. Did you see the reports? That thing could be on fumes already? Yeah. It was so funny, all the, the fanfare, because it got the, the most sign-ups of any social media platform in history within the first 24 hours. Yes. And daily users have dropped like 70%. Correct. Because people don't like it. Yes. There's nobody on it. And so as media was jumping up and down, oh, threads, the Twitter killer, all of a sudden it's like a couple of weeks later, huh? not so much. Yeah. CNN Plus, anybody? Well, as a collector, I think you should gather as much Twitter and paraphernalia as you possibly can now <laughs> and save it because... Yes, and stuff it in a garage. Right, because after all, the name has not been retired. That's yes. right. Yes. And then by the time it's worth something, it will still be in that garage collecting <laughs> dust along with your Sammy Sosa cardboard and cutouts. If you could just Scott. get Elon Musk to sign one <laughs> of the Twitter's old logos, that would be even better. Oh, man. Uh, did you see also a big music fest was shut down? This was in Malaysia. And this is making some news in the United States. That is because you've heard of the 1975 band. Yeah. Matt Healy. I don't know Matt Healy, but I know the band. But he makes some news. He's a little irreverent, as they say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So day one of this bill in Malaysia, the 1975's on it. And he's talking about the country's anti-gay laws. Doesn't like it. Okay? Okay. And says it's bleeping ridiculous. And then he goes over, apparently, to the bass player, Ross McDonald, and gives him a big kiss. Oh, boy. Next two days of the fest canceled. Yep, we've had enough. <laughs> Malaysia says, we're done. The, oh. whole, the whole fest was called Good Vibes. <laughs> now it's goodbyes. <laughs> yes, it is. 
And people were wondering, well, uh, why were they doing this three-day music fest with a bunch of Western rock bands? It doesn't fit. Well, there's a lot of times you can have a Muslim country say, we want to reach out to the world and, and be inviting, and we want to do business, those sorts of things. And then you have a guy like this come in and say, I think all your laws are bleeping stupid. Here, I'm going to kiss a dude. Okay, we're shutting it down. Yeah. Music I, fest over. I like how apparently it's an exercise in fascism. Because, you know, Ron DeSantis in Florida says, hey, we don't like the idea of having grown men dressed up as women thrusting right. their weens in front of children. You can still thrust your ween if you want, just not in front of children. And <laughs> and that's apparently yeah. hateful and it's fascist. Yes. And For I, all those screaming oppression in yeah. the United States. It's a good thing they weren't playing on a rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you two or the Beatles doing a little video on rooftop. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't have ended well at all. Back. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Okay. Much more to get to. Who's up for an unhinged voicemail that's uh, gotten into the public? Those are always fun. That much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, you leave an unhinged voicemail somewhere. You got to know that could see the light of day, right? Mm, yeah. People could hear that. I always wonder why people do this. I don't know. Sometimes I've heard of people being inebriated or just in the moment you just lose it. You figure, I don't care if anybody hears this anyway, but maybe you're not thinking clearly in the moment. Mm-hmm. I guess not. You're so overcome with anger, perhaps. I think this is one of those. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Louisiana State Police are investigating a Louisiana State University grad student who also taught at LSU. Um, and they're investigating his phone call to a state senator. So this has to do with the state legislature overriding the veto of a bill that bans sex change procedures for children. Children? Yeah, children. Okay. So this guy's uh, name is Marcus Venable. Uh, He left a voicemail to State Senator Big Mike Fessy. Uh, Fessy was one of the people voting in support of prohibiting minors from getting puberty blockers and surgeries that mutilate their bodies. And, well, this is what the grad student had to say. I just wanted to say congratulations to our state senator, Big Mike Fessy, and that moron voted to make things worse for people who were already suffering. You fat piece of You did not produce any damn evidence to support the claims you made. Hold on a second. couple things. Yeah, there is evidence to support those claims. Now, whether he brought it or not is, I don't know. I'm not sure. But. Then, and as far as whether or not uh, Big Mike is a large man, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess you could say from the name Big Mike, possibly. Uh, but anyway, go on. About people being harmed by transgender care. Yet we have tons of empirical evidence showing that it's an increased suicide risk when people don't get this care. That's really? not true. Where's the evidence? Let's see it. Yeah, the the largest study to date that has tracked this stuff was done in Sweden over the course of three decades. And they found that there was no difference in the suicide rate, both attempts and successes, uh, among the trans population that they tracked. Whether they but got... that gets paraded out yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you big fat-headed mother... I can't wait to read your name in the obituary. I will make a damn... Martini made from the tears of butthurt conservatives when we put your ass in the ground. You fat, useless piece of you. I hope you had a terrible day. 
himself. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so as a graduate student, you get the what extra curse words? It sounds just like your regular stupid jamoke to me. <laughs> yeah, LSU has uh, fired uh, Venable from his teaching gig, but he is still a graduate student at LSU. Got it. But can no longer teach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there he can't. Yeah. Uh, don't know if you heard about this. Hearing a lot about Big Movie Weekend with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Apparently, uh-oh, controversy. Oppenheimer has a major historical inaccuracy in it. Oh, God, here we go. I don't, you know what, I've never, I haven't seen the story, but I can almost tell you where this is going. Go ahead. It lacks, um, it lacks gender issue, ge- not enough women, not enough minorities uh, acting in these roles. Am I right? <clears throat> Dang, I no. thought I was on it. Okay. No. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where several people in a crowd are waving American flags. That takes place in 1945, and the flags have 50 stars on them. Ooh. Oh. Uh-oh. Hmm. Flag didn't have 50 stars until after 1960. No. After Alaska and Hawaii became states. In 1945, it only had 48 stars. Okay. Is that a surprising mistake to you? That yeah, it kind of is. It I, is to I, me too. It's one of those mistakes that most people are never going to notice, right? But apparently, some people can count very fast, and so <laughs> so somebody did notice it. But you would think if you're if you're going through the effort of yes. making a historical drama, that you would do basic things like get the flag right. Yes, and maybe that's just too much credit because you've heard you know so much about the people that put that movie together yeah. and the director, all that stuff. Um, and I haven't even seen the flag um, that they should have had, but people are noticing, Hey, that's the flag with 48 looks totally different. And I can okay. catch it like that. I yeah. have no idea. Who notices that? I don't know. Historians would notice <laughs> it that are going to see this to see how accurate it would be. Because when you're doing a timepiece like that, I mean, you oh, yeah. have people that are going to be looking for stuff like well, that the, to see if it's authentic. It's the, well, actually, crowd that you really have to look <laughs> out for. See, that's what I was getting at, David, yes. right there. Yeah. Um, well, there's some race baiting today on the Today Show. Really? Yeah, listen to this example. That and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. As you've probably heard, uh, the heat is so bad, there are some people that don't know how they're going to survive. Wow. Uh, it's so important. NBC had Miguel Almaguer on the story. Okay? You know it's big business then. It is tough to describe just how stifling the heat is in so many cities across the country. Walking outside is like walking into an oven. <laughs> it is. Uh, on on low. I mean, my... <laughs> yeah. I, if you try to set my oven to 100, it won't, it won't do it. It's too low. What's funny to me is when the three of us first got to know each other, which has been about 10 years ago, yeah. I remember that first summer, and David, you were still in news at the time, yeah. um, talking about cooling centers, and mm-hmm. Scott going off saying a lot of the people that need cooling centers are not walking around with TV sets to tell them where <laughs> right. the cooling centers <laughs> right. are. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's always been one of my favorites, though. You know, if you're homeless, cooling centers are available. The homeless guy is walking around, yeah, with his TV set on his shoulder, just right. wa- waiting to find out where to go to cool off. My point is, uh, this has been around for a while, talking oh, about the heat every summer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
This just seems to be a completely different category. Well, in the post-COVID world, I suppose we need something else to stir it up, right? Right. you got to have if, some level of panic. Yeah, and, and also control. Don't go outside, you know. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> hot. All right, but more on that a little bit later, because there's, there's a whole lot being written about this right now. Before we get there, um, something else from the Today Show, and this is some race baiting, David. Yeah, so the state of Ohio is investigating a traffic stop that led to a driver being attacked by a canine police dog. And the media is hyping this up with their usual race baiting ways. Here's what happened. Authorities tried to pull over a semi over a missing mud flap. The driver of the semi didn't stop. In fact, at one point, the driver slowed down like he was going to stop and then, boom, took off again. They So they called for help from the Highway Patrol and the Circleville Police Department, local PD. After a half-hour chase, the driver stopped and got out with his hands in the air. Now, a Circleville police officer had the dog, and members of the Highway Patrol told him, hey, keep that dog leashed. Don't, don't, don't send that uh, dog after the driver here because the driver had surrendered. Okay. Um, well, the guy let the dog loose, and it took down the driver. And, okay. I mean, even afterwards, people with the Highway Patrol apparently were like, was I not loud enough here or what? It said it multiple times, don't sick the dog on this particular suspect. He's surrendering. He's fine. We got it. When uh, you say took down the driver, do you mean like took him down forever or just oh, no, took no, him no, down, no, like no. bit him? No, it was like one of the keep commands, basically. Got it. You know, That's a okay. key question, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, but, of course, because this driver, who, again, led the cops on a half-hour-long chase— after not pulling over, mm-hmm. um, he is black, and so uh, now we have to talk about race. And the Today Show covered it like this. Okay. The Columbus NAACP's president says the video reminds her of dogs being unleashed on civil rights activists in the 1960s. And she believes this would not have happened if the driver was white. That an officer would unleash a dog on a black man that had his hands in the air and was on his knees. We were mortified by that behavior. Honestly, I don't know if the guy would have been white if they would have unleashed the dog or not. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident if the guy was white, the Today Show never would have covered it. That, yes, absolutely, That that's true. No, no. It's one of those things where I think if you watch the body cam footage as it's available right now, at least, you can say, well, yeah, there are enough people on the scene saying, what are you doing, to note that, they're at, at the very least a use of force investigation is justified and they need to they need to see uh, whether or not he should be punished for doing something that all of his colleagues were saying don't do i understand right. that completely what is the news value in talking to the NAACP at all about this though the news value is is to stoke hatred right. between the races in the country it's something they do all the time yeah it, you don't learn anything new about the story though you know, no. Talk to a dog trainer. Talk to a canine officer. Talk to anybody <laughs> who could tell often, you whether yeah. or not those actions could in any way, shape, or form be justified. All right. Are we in the truth circle right now? Yeah, All right. Of course we are. Mm-hmm. I would say, are we in the confidential circle? No, not really. Between everybody that's listening right now? Right. <laughs> Honestly, this is my reaction because... They promoted big on the Today Show and Good Morning America. I didn't watch the coverage of the story either time because I didn't care. And the reason I didn't care is because, to me, it was like the race baiting signal went up in my head. And I'm like, I'm just not up for this today. I'm sure it's a bunch of BS. And so, in the end, it sounds like they should never have unleashed the dog. The guy's going to be fine. 
right? Yeah. It was a half-hour chase that he led police on. I don't feel one bit sorry for him that the dog bit him. I don't. Stop running from the cops. That crap doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's justified. The cops should be reprimanded for sicking the dog on him. It should never have happened. But in the end, stop running from police. That stuff doesn't happen. What would I tell my own kid? Don't run from the police. Bad crap can happen. Doesn't mean it's always justified. It's just common freaking sense. But if these people can use it to split people on race and make it seem like, oh, the racism in America is just as bad now as it's ever been. Give me a freaking break. Not even paying it. Most people, I don't even think, pay attention to that because they could see it for what it is. Other people are gullible and want that narrative. Whatever. Okay, it's that time of the show. Going around the table. May not be the biggest story out there today, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Of course, the movie about the guy who developed the atomic bomb, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Released over the weekend, and already you have the, well, actually, crowd coming out against it. Um, And it's very odd to see, like, culture war stuff, racial issues injected into the story (laughs) about the father of the atomic bomb. Okay. It's it's very strange. Like, you're not allowed to talk about, like, okay, so... Time Magazine runs this op-ed from the uh, president of the Navajo Nation saying that this film erases the Navajo's plight during the atomic race. And I, I, so what happened was, you know, of course, as they're developing this technology, there's mining going on, and a lot right. of Navajo are in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, uh, they were part of the mining operations. There were big chemical spills. Uh, leading to radioactive material, getting into drinking water, et cetera. So that's a big story, obviously. And in fact, in 1990, Congress passed a bill that would provide some sort of compensation and medical uh, care for people affected by this over the ensuing decades. Okay. But this movie wasn't about that. But the person writing it says that this, this film whitewashes history by not talking about the plight of the Navajo Nation. Get a real job. I know that... Do something helpful to society. Well, well, I, it's a three-hour movie already. What do you want it to be, 345? <laughs> like, other people were complaining about uh, the, the lack of compassion for uh, the victims of the bomb or something mm-hmm. like that. Like the, Movies have to tell a pretty focused story to be good. Yes. And so you, you sort of need to narrow down what is it that we're going to make a movie about right. first. And that's what apparently this movie did. And so I'm sorry that your little talking points or whatever didn't get included in a three-hour-long movie, but them's the breaks. I've also mentioned this to you. I don't know if I've ever told the story on the air, but uh, my grandma lived outside of a town called Carrizoso, New Mexico, when she was a kid. That was about this time. Okay. And Carrizoso is just about an hour drive from ground zero of where the first bomb, the Trinity site, went off. Okay. Uh, They were woken up by it by the bomb going off she told this story to me years ago when i was visiting her Uh, i had never heard it growing up but uh (laughs) it like lit up the sky of course because it's an atomic bomb and the Mm -hmm. military told her and her family and all the people living in that community that a munitions train had blown up but they were like well then why is it still bright (laughs) (laughs) and then moving forward uh, on that side of my family tree she's the only family member who went through multiple bouts of cancer, and ultimately it, it claimed her life later wow. on. But she had a lot of different health issues moving forward, probably because she was within an hour 
of right. where they were setting off atomic bombs. Right. Now, I'm just saying this because I'm very upset that the filmmaker did not right. include her story right. in the film. Right. But you understand right. because you get it that right. it's going to be a three-hour film already. Right. What are you going to do? Talk about everybody? I don't know. I'm a little pissed that his grandma was not represented. I know. Okay. Right, well, what's your story today, Scott? Uh, my story is transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney is apparently looking for work right now. Really? Yeah. Times are tough, man. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you tank a, a brand as hard as you did with Budweiser and Bud Light, I mean, it's tough to find another job after that. So he announced on social media that he is available right now for bookings. Hmm. This is the biological guy who identifies as a woman. You guys have seen, seen him before. Shared the news on Instagram. He said he's booking speaking opportunities for the upcoming 23-24 school year. Yes, he would like to come to your school and, and share his wit and wisdom with all these students that are there. He said he's booking them right now, but you got to hurry because he's confident that it's going to fill up fast. Really that confident? Aren't you glad you paid 20 grand a year to send your kid to a university, huh? You know, speaking of that, for my story today... It's actually um, Everett Piper, who is the president of a university. Um, and you know what, man? For sake of time, I should probably do this in a couple of minutes. Oh. Because I don't, I, well, I don't want to sell this short. And I, when you hear what this guy has to say, I think you'll agree with me that it was worth it. Because I don't know if you've seen this part of the story. There was a national survey conducted in June. Only 36% of Americans now say they have confidence in our colleges and universities. Wow. In 2015, it was 57%. Yeah. So that's 21 points drop in a very short amount of time. And the question is why? Okay. And he tackles exactly why. Oh, oh good. I can't wait to hear this. Thing. Yeah, I, right. I think you're going to like this a whole lot. Um, and also, we got to get to David's story about a baby being rescued from a hot car in South Texas. Oh, yeah. And a whole lot more to get to. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Mentioned a national survey. Found that 36% of Americans now say they have confidence in our colleges and universities. That was 57% in 2015. 36%. Yes. Yeah, so wow. Everett Piper, who is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, um, was commenting on this in, a, in an op-ed in the Washington Examiner. And he said something disturbing began happening back in 2015 at various colleges and universities nationwide. From Berkeley to Brown and dozens of schools in between, students were literally weeping and wailing on their respective campuses simply because someone wore a Halloween costume they didn't like. So the movement quickly became known as the Snowflake Rebellion because of the apparent emotional fragility of its proponents. For a variety of reasons, I believe it needed to be confronted. I was disgusted with the foolishness of trigger warnings, microaggressions, and the intolerant tolerance of the alphabet soup mafia. Soup mafia. The corresponding call for censorship was alarming. And so he said... The suggestion that a bunch of 18-year-olds who, by definition, know nothing and desperately need an education should be empowered to dictate what could be discussed on campus was laughable. The spineless capitulation of other educational administrators across the country was frightening. My concern 
was that the ivory tower was becoming the Tower of Babel almost overnight. And I was determined that this would not happen on my campus, so I decided to write an open letter to my students. Anybody remember this? I do remember I, that, yeah. Okay. And in that letter, he said um, that I confronted the self-absorption that characterized the millennial generation. I reminded my students that the goal of a classical liberal arts education is not a participation trophy, but rather to pursue truth. I told them a good lecture was supposed to make them uncomfortable. I suggested their feelings often had nothing to do with the facts, and I went on to say that if they wanted to be told they were victims rather than be reminded they needed virtue, this university might not be the one for them. I want to start the transfer process. Mm -hmm. He went on. If you're more interested in playing the hater card than confessing your own hate, if you want to arrogantly lecture rather than humbly learn, if you want to be enabled rather than confronted, There are many colleges across the land that will give you exactly what you want, but this isn't one of them. At this university, we will teach you to be selfless rather than self-centered. We are more interested in you practicing personal forgiveness than political revenge. Here we believe, get it, the content of your character is more important than the color of your skin. Oh, boy. Again, this was 2015. We don't believe you have been victimized every time you feel guilty, and we will not issue trigger warnings every time we speak of challenging ideas. This school is not a safe space, but rather a place to learn. A place to learn that life isn't about you, but about others. That the discomfort you have while listening to a good lecture is called guilt. That the way to address it is to repent of everything that's wrong with you rather than blame others for everything that's wrong with them. And I concluded, this is a place where you will quickly learn that you need to grow up. This is not a daycare. This is a university. Well... The open letter went viral, and within two weeks, over three and a half million people had read it. Nearly every major news outlet covered it. Even newspapers in Oxford, England, talked about the college president who called out his students and suggested they grow up. Said 95% of the comments were positive. Even those who countered uh, that uh, they disagreed with uh, his politics, uh, politics, politics and religion were clear. They still said, good for you, it needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Thought that was kind of cool. Check this. I kept reading this thinking he's going to say, and then he got fired. But he didn't. He actually said the result was increased enrollment and balanced budgets. Again, this was 2015. And satisfaction now has fallen like a rock. Maybe it's because almost all of our nation's university presidents continue to ignore the truth about the above message and have doubled down on the lies instead. Lies like sponsoring drag queen story hours for kids. Lies like allowing men to participate in women's sports like promoting the blatant Marxism of Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. Lies like the science-denying nonsense of scientism versus science. Why do Americans no longer think sending their kids to college is worth it? The answer's simple. It's because our academic leaders refuse to lead. Said they're content to follow a bunch of spoiled children who know that if they just scream louder, they'll get their way. What's the takeaway from all this? If this trend continues unabated, only the handful of schools with the fortitude to call this train wreck what it is will survive. Mm. That was the coolest thing I read in a week. Yeah, the way it should be. Yes. Well done, Everett Piper. Love that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on. Um, see, uh, Florida's racist. Uh, that's what we hear out of D.C. Yeah. Well, the left is lying about Florida's history curriculum because of a footnote in the document that asks students to consider slaves, quote, slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. And that's been warped into Florida's teaching kids that slavery was good. Now, two people involved in writing the standards are black, but apparently that doesn't matter, according to a 2020 Biden campaign advisor named Ashley Allison. Okay, roll it out. Just because black people write it don't mean that it it doesn't mean it's going to be accurate. Like we can disagree as black people as well. I think what the bigger picture. You look confused, David. Well. I mean, in this case, then, we have somebody on the left admitting that affirmative action isn't good. I think you are, actually. (laughs) Yes. I was waiting for her to say, and some black people actually advance white supremacy, because that's usually the talking point from the left. Anyway, go ahead. The bigger picture is, is that this is happening in Florida. This is happening in a Florida Florida where you have a governor who has an anti-woke bill, who has a don't-say-gay bill, who wants to okay, ban no, the EI program. All right, just stop with the who- lie. Stop it. There's nowhere in it that says don't say gay. Again, what is it? Keep it out of the school. Teaching trans ideology to kindergartners. What, through third grade? That's it. Well, it got extended That's through Extended, yes. But yeah. In don't- school. Yeah. Don't say gay. Yeah. No, that's not what it says. Who wants to ban DEI programs? No. Who yeah. wants to do is who wants to ban Rosa Parks? Yeah. And now you have hold, hold on. children. Yeah. Hold, hold on, hold on. Wants Where does that come from? No, no, that, that comes from a, another lie that the left told. So Florida never banned Rosa Parks. That that's ridiculous. Uh, liberals claimed uh, Duval County, Florida, banned one specific book because activists couldn't find it in the library. The district never actually purchased the book, but ah. they did have something like 14 other books specifically about Rosa Parks available. They never banned anything. That's just a lie. That's disinformation. <laughs> wow. That's evil, man. Who wants to do is who wants to ban Rosa Parks? I don't think you can ban somebody that's no longer here. Right. Dope. And now you have children reading Rosa Parks or other uh academic books that talk about a diversity of issues. I think at this panel, we can all agree that slaves did not benefit from slavery, even if the, the citation says, well, they might have gotten some, but they didn't have a choice. So that's not a benefit. So, so the beef is that the, the curriculum is accurate, but she doesn't like the word benefit in there. Okay. All right. My guess is Ashley Allison, that's her name? Yeah. Is going to continue to fight for affirmative action. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Okay, moving on. What do you mean by that? Hmm. 
Dude. I, know, I got it. Dude. Okay, let's get to uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer. Yeah. Very upset right now. Very, Very upset. upset. You know, during the IRS whistleblower testimony in which these whistleblowers from the IRS say that the Justice Department uh, hamstrung their investigation into Hunter Biden and also into investigative steps that may have led to Joe Biden. Um, well, part of this hearing involved Marjorie Taylor Greene showing photos of some of uh, Hunter Biden's tax write-offs, oh, which boy. involved um, lewd photos of the president's son. I thought you were going to make a tax joke for a second. I mean, I'm like, boy, this is going to be funny. Well, this is the I first mean, time in Congress the, so we got a parental warning. Right. Well, right. before evidence was holy was cow. Presented. Well, and when that when that one picture came out there, oh, God. I was like, holy smokes, <laughs> man! Oh, the old man. humdinger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exhibit A, the humdinger. Yes. <laughs> well, Hunter Biden's lawyer sent a letter to the Office of Congressional Ethics <laughs> saying that these actions were abhorrent and blatantly violates House ethics rules and standards of official conduct. Your colleague has lowered herself and, by extension, the entire House of Representatives to a new level of abhorrent behavior that blatantly violates ethics rules. Um, if the uh, OCE takes its responsibility seriously, it will promptly and decisively condemn and discipline Miss Green for her latest actions. The whole point was, hey, this is what Hunter was writing off on his taxes, yeah. and he's not being charged with a felony? Right. Yeah, you could see how you could get sex club and golf club. You, know. <laughs> you could mistake it. All these jokes that come out about that. I know. 18th holes just right. stop yeah, it. I right. I, I was going to go see, 19th was, I said yeah. it was. I said it was the swingers club. Yeah, my accountant just assumed that yeah. was golf. Yes. It works. I'm working on a slice. <laughs> as long There's as a million of these. I'm not even going to get into it. As long as he's not chili dipping, it's fine. <laughs> I've got eight right at my right. I don't And don't, it's don't, taking yeah. discipline not know, to I use know, any. I know. I know. Well, David and I can't help it. We're 12 year old boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're like new to the golf jargon a little <laughs> right, bit a little with bit. this sort of yeah. terminology, right, to yes. be honest. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is that thing, though. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene that's way out of line here. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. showing it to you. It's not him. Of course not. There's no disputing it's him in the picture. Well, no. I no. don't think anyone's disputing that. Holy cow. Okay. Moving on. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, it's hot out there. Is it um, really? One of the first things after Robin's vacation comes in, he's like, dude, what's going on? It's like the lead everywhere. It is. Climate, climate, climate. We were talking about this last week. Yeah. You can tell, man, and this has been in the works for a while, that we are going to really focus on the climate. That is from media, the left. And now, yeah, you have some records being broken in places. David, you've talked about it. Sometimes those are misleading. Mm -hmm. But that story is still out there. There's no doubt about it. Um. And I happened to see this piece in the New York Post that said why climate change activists have failed to score public support. And as I'm reading this piece, I did not realize this because we're hearing so much about it. Um, that some climate activists think we're not hearing enough about it. <laughs> Apparently, there was a piece in The Guardian where they said the problem is one of marketing saying the climate movement has devoted relatively few resources to reaching or persuading the public. What? 
<laughs> Dude. That's laughable, man. Yeah, it is. That that really is. Like what I I mean, aside from the antics of the activists gluing themselves to all sorts of crap, I mean, you it's on every news channel at least once a day. In the piece, he quotes progressive PR man David Fenton saying, we're in a propaganda war, but only one side is on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, saying the climate community has recoiled from marketing because it's sort of tainted. It's icky. You know, we're too good for marketing. We're too righteous. Hopefully we're getting over that. What universe are they living on? Yeah, no kidding. Glued yourself to the, to the interstate. I mean, that's... That's yes, not... and <laughs> it's pointed out in the piece that billions of dollars have been spent on climate change advocacy to say nothing of money devoted to actual climate policies. Like the government leaders of practically every Democratic country speak about it constantly. And he mentions you have everybody from the United Nations to the International Monetary Fund ringing the climate alarm bells. Well, in the private sector, you can count on the likes of BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, and other corporate titans to do the same. ESG rules have pushed the climate issue onto the corporate agenda in a big way, spending billions in total on climate reporting costs alone. And, and this is a great point, that even the villains in the story, big energy companies like ExxonMobil, spend billions of dollars a year advertising the green agenda. You see it. Oh, yeah. In the past 10 years, we've reduced greenhouse gas emissions in our operations by more than 7 million metric tons. That's ExxonMobil which is the equivalent of taking about 1.4 million cars off the road. You may not think they're sincere, he writes, but they are far from silent about the issue. Yeah. And again, you hear all of this all the time. I mean, like this morning, today's show. Roll it. This morning, a deadly and relentless heat wave. It's going to get hotter. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to make it. Over the weekend, the blistering heat setting more than 50 new high temperature records. Disgusting. <laughs> 30 million people across 11 states remain under heat alerts. And as it intensifies, so does the threat of heat-related emergencies. Yes. In the Bell Canyon area of Los Angeles, a dramatic rescue captured on the Citizen app. Firefighters airlifting two female hikers overcome by heat. Okay. Why'd you go out for a hike without being properly prepared when it's this hot? That's not. And then there were other cases of people getting heat exhaustion, hiking, and then dying, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't want to see anybody die. But this reminds me, and I played part of this last week. This was a conversation in January with Michael Schellenberger, who used to be Obama's guy, environmentalist, mm -hmm. on with Joe Rogan. And here's a little piece. Part of this you've heard before. Part of it maybe you haven't. It's just very interesting. Listen to how this conversation goes. But my view is the drug crisis is objectively a much bigger threat to human life and to civilization than climate change. Like, we're adapted really well to climate change. We should do something about it. It's real. There are risks associated with it. But, like, there's no scenario in the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change of climate change killing 93,000 Americans a year. In fact, there's no scenario of it killing, of it, of it increasing uh, deaths from natural disasters at all. Okay, you hear that? Yeah. So Rogan asked the natural question. Is it, why is it more attractive? Why is that a more attractive talking point? Because this is one of the things that you, you keep hearing from 
whether it's whistleblowers at uh, news organizations where they're saying that climate change is the next thing. They're looking at it according to, you know, these people that are talking about it. They're they're looking at climate change as the next thing that's going to freak people out enough to guarantee ratings. Yeesh. Yeah, I mean, I I look at th- the so both of these books are similar in the sense that I debunk popular myths, I explain what the solutions are. And part of that is one of them was like healthcare and the other was the environment yeah. and deaths and people are going to die yeah. and everything else. And you you actually see it play out. I mean, it's months later, but as predicted, that's exactly what we're seeing. I'm water. I'm ready for the water bottle equity act. <laughs> <laughs> Water bottle deserts that need to be taken care of. $60 billion. But, I mean, you know, you have yes. the, the, the part of panic there, and who better than somebody like Miguel? Oh, you know gosh, I mean? yeah. It's just perfect. I'm from Miami, born and raised, and I'm still not used to this. A summer heat wave for the record books that simply refuses to break. He's <laughs> got the nice little sizzle sound effect, too. Yes. That's outstanding. Of course he does. <laughs> they never tell you when those records were set, either. Like a they lot don't. of times, like, well, we've been monitoring this since 1880, uh, and the record was set in 1892. So climate change was yes. affecting us in in the 1800s too. I I don't understand. What are you talking? He didn't have he didn't have uh, gas appliances then either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in some major cities, people that have been there for years are just getting fed up. Because of the lack of policing. Get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so in a lot of big cities around the country, people that have been there for a long time are getting fed up. Just with the lack of crime enforcement. Oh, yeah. Somebody's got to do something. And this is San Francisco? Yeah, San Francisco sandwich shop owner posted this tirade where he's blasting San Francisco. Uh, apparently, a guy was urinating in the trash bin outside of his uh, outside of his business. He went over to confront the, the gentleman who was urinating hmm. and got punched in the face. I oh. ran away. Uh, Peterson Harder uh, talked about this on social media. Okay. I just got punched in the face right now by some guy that was pissing on the street. And I'm really pissed off right now. I, I I don't I can't believe I live in a city where people can just piss on the street and come punch you in the face and get away with it. I'm fed up with this damn city. It's like I can't just be outside and just running a business without getting punched in the damn face. So wow. <sighs> I mean, yeah, dude. Kind of weird. I feel his frustration weird world that we live in where this is just accepted well not not really just accepted but you have local media and some politicians telling guys like this that it's not happening gosh dang and then once they admit that it is happening yeah that actually the person that's whizzing and punching is the victim yeah you know carol markowitz who writes for the new york post um, among other things um, she put out uh, a, a tweet or r- wrote something a few months ago about the crime wave in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it was in reaction to a bunch of people saying, well, it's not as bad as the 70s or it's not as bad as whatever. And she was saying, okay, is it the worst era in New York City history? Well, 
you could make the argument that it's not, but that still doesn't change the fact that it's significantly worse right now right. than it had been even 10, 15 years ago. Um, and she said, you know, I grew up in, in the 80s and the late 70s in New York, and everyone knew crime was a problem. Now you have to actually convince people that crime is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sad, man. And there are many parts of the world that don't put up with crap like this. There are many states in this country that don't put up with yeah. this. Many cities that don't put up with this. Jason Aldean made a song with it that's number one right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're racist for liking it. Yeah, I know. That's what I've been told. Which is the only reason I ever downloaded the song to begin with. Because you wanted to be racist? No, because I wanted to find out what all the hubbub was exactly. about. I, I know. don't care about Jason Aldean. I never listened to a Jason Aldean song in my life, I don't think. I talked to another buddy of mine the other night. I don't even like Jason Aldean, but now this makes me want to like it. Exactly, yes. I know. Yeah. And that's why town. it resonates. Yeah, try that. Try whizzing in a small town at some grocery store or something, yeah. and yeah. then the, and you punch the owner. What's going to happen to that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. Yeah. Did you see this? Uh, it's a new trend. It's called ghost lighting. The combination of gaslighting and ghosting. Huh. You want to keep up on the current terminology, yes, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, I'm here to help, man. I hadn't heard this before. Um, ghost lighting is both when you disappear, get called out for it, and then you're trying to claim you weren't ghosting them. <laughs> You've just been really busy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Combine right. them both. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, biggest story of the day, if there's one, David. Biggest story of the day is that uh, actually uh, Joe Biden, as vice president, was involved in Hunter Biden's business deals and was specifically asked to do people a favor, uh, the people who were working with uh, his son, Hunter, which runs counter to everything that Joe Biden and the White House has said about his time as vice president and Hunter Biden's time going around the world smoking crack and doing business deals. Well, I think at least one media outlet is saying, hey, Republicans, isn't it just time to move on from this? Yeah. You notice that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will uh, get to that coming up in just a few. And Chinese people that are young are getting jobs as full-time children. I can't wait for David to give us that story. Coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, he's the millennial and the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, um, boy, that just reminded me of something. I saw your T-shirt. I didn't even notice. You're, you have a Pink Floyd T-shirt on. I've got a piece of audio that you got to hear coming up within the next 15 minutes that has to do with Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Roger Waters released a new version of Dark Side of the Moon. I'm not joking. Why? Oh, buddy, you, exactly. you got to hear it. Why you got to hear it. I'll get to it. Okay. But first, happen to see this piece. Talking about, hey, should the Republicans give up on this Hunter Biden thing after he pleads out this week? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? As you're getting more and more and more evidence of the whole family corruption scandal. You have Margaret Brennan of CBS talking with Chris Christie about this issue. And I had whittled her question down to like five seconds, but you want to hear the whole thing in context, I'd David? like to hear it, yeah. Okay. It'll take a little bit longer, so be patient. This is this is how it goes. There are so many legal issues uh, in this campaign, um, and 
I want to ask you about one involving the president's son, Hunter Biden, who's going to appear in court this week to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and will enter into an agreement that could avert conviction on a gun-related charge. Um, the deal has infuriated many congressional Republicans who are holding their own hearings. And I wonder, after this plea happens, if you would advise your party to move on. Okay, so there's your question. And by the way, boy, she soft sold that thing, didn't she? Yeah, she really did. I mean, I'm just trying to think, uh, let's say it's a few years ago, and, and uh, trying to think of any mainstream media outlet uh, asking the question of Adam Schiff, now that Paul Manafort has uh, been convicted on tax charges, shouldn't they let the whole Russian collusion thing go away? <laughs> yes. That's a great take, David. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely they should. Uh, uh, I'm sure Adam Schiff would definitely right. care about that, yeah. And how, what she's talking about, these misdemeanors, who for anybody else would be felonies. Yes. Okay. Here's Chris Christie's answer to that, just letting it go. No, I wouldn't, Margaret, and here's why. Um, it's it, The conduct here by the U.S. Attorney in Delaware um, and by the Justice Department, it, it just can't be justified. It doesn't take five years, Margaret. I, as you mentioned, I, I was the U.S. Attorney in the fifth largest office in the country for seven years during the Bush administration. It does not take five years to, to investigate two misdemeanor tax counts and to dismiss a gun charge. Um, and we need to know what they were investigating and why these are the charges they concluded to. This is not just any person. This is the son of the President of the United States. And while justice needs to be equal, it needs to be equal. And it doesn't appear to me that this is the way to do it. And I would say one thing on the gun charge. Okay, David, this is going to sound familiar to you. Yeah on the gun charge, because you've talked about this before. I mean, this is a case where Democrats yell and scream for more new gun laws in the country, yet you hear no Democrat yelling about the fact that Hunter Biden intentionally lied on his gun permit application, no. mishandled the gun after he received it with a false permit application, mm -hmm. and faces absolutely no penalty. Guess what? The guy who sponsored that wow. law was his father, Senator Joe Biden, yeah. and that's that charge carries a 10-year sentence, Margaret. Mm -hmm. um, we need to explain, they need to explain to yeah. the public why that was done. So, no, I don't yeah. think it's time to move on. Yeah, they, they do. What kind of a dumb question is that? Well, right. It's, it's completely I mean, baseless. It's not really a question. You're making a statement to the audience <laughs> that's saying, hey, it's time to let this go. These Republicans need to let this go. He is doing what he needs to do, plead guilty to these misdemeanors, and you meanie Republicans just leave Hunter alone. Yeah. Well, that's what she's trying to say to that audience, and, in my opinion. And I, I think you can't stress the point enough that Biden's same Justice Department is sending a black woman to prison for two years for the same gun charge. Only she lied about using weed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, what I haven't seen the failing New York Times and their article on Florida's COVID performance. Oh, this is an absolutely unhinged news article about COVID in Florida. Uh, they say the governor now presents his COVID strategy as not only his biggest accomplishment, but also as the foundation for his presidential campaign. But a close review by the failing New York Times of Florida's pandemic response, including a new analysis on the data on deaths, Hospitalizations and vaccination rates in the state suggest DeSantis's account of his record me leaves much out. 
Now, here's... <laughs> How about we review the New York Times yeah. coverage of COVID and what you said and when you said it? Yeah. Let's do that. So their beef is that he didn't force people to get the COVID vaccine in 2021. That's it. But on retro- in retrospect, that's a good thing. That, w- that he was right. And yeah. And and he <laughs> it didn't stop the spread. Well, and, and then they go on to point out that over the age of 65, a majority of the people who died of covid after 2021 were people who were unvaccinated. And it's like, well, that's their choice. I would also remind the people at The New York Times that CBS News ran a hit piece on Ron DeSantis claiming that there was some sort of crony capitalism deal going on between him and uh, Publix. Yes. In order to distribute the vaccine. Yeah, they made fun of him. He's going to put it in a grocery store. <laughs> right. <laughs> and 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 so they so they did that. And now they're saying he didn't do that hard enough, I guess. I it doesn't make any sense leaving people again. I don't know how you can blame the chief executive of a state for not forcing people, giving people the opportunity to take the vaccine, but not forcing anyone to do it. But that's okay. how they're. It's, I, I was reading this, and every single uh, uh, paragraph was more ridiculous than the previous one. And then I got to the part where they actually said, you know, in total, I mean, yeah, sure, in terms of deaths, they actually did better than the national average. <laughs> but, 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 no vaccine mandate. <laughs> and how did they do as far as getting the kids back to school? Uh, very well. And businesses and saving those businesses. How'd they do that? Pretty well. Huh. How many lying politicians went there for vacation? Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, side note, I've noticed this a couple different times today. So in the Republican polling, I mean, DeSantis is far behind Trump. See the numbers, right? Except, okay, with Kamala lying about the education in Florida and supposed racism, which isn't true. And then this hit piece on Florida's COVID performance. Call me tinfoil hattie. What it tells me is the left is still very nervous about Ron DeSantis. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not the only one. No. He may be down, but that's the last person they want to see get win the yeah. primary for the Republicans. Yeah. I do believe that. And they, they see Trump as very vulnerable. They want to get yeah. him... Uh, I mean, it's remarkable to see on all these different legacy media outlets, whenever there is a beef on uh, like Trump versus DeSantis, they take Trump's side almost exclusively. And it's really fascinating to see this. And I'm not saying that you can't take Trump's side on anything. It's just that it's very interesting how it goes one way all the time from the same people who celebrate it when he gets arrested or indicted. And yes, he gets arrested. See, Hitler deserved it. Yeah. And so, but, you I, know, he's really scoring well against Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. Okay. Um, you had a piece from NBC talking about the Republicans and Joe Biden's family. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not really allowed to talk about the fact that, you know, family values Joe is a horrible human being who refuses to acknowledge one of his granddaughters. Okay. You just look at the body of work of that guy. Yeah. Not the image that you've built for years and years. Just no. tell people what he's been as a family member. And you tell me he's a great family guy. Right. He's not. Uh, President Joe Biden's family story has long been one of his greatest strengths, says NBC News. Republicans are starting to think they can turn it into a liability. 
So they mentioned Ron DeSantis uh, talking about uh, Biden not recognizing the grandchild. uh, Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley also talked about this, saying, hey, someone needs to ask Joe Biden how many grandchildren he has. Yeah. Um, But in recent comments, this is how NBC News frames it. In recent comments, the president didn't count the children among his uh, didn't count this child among his grandchildren, making him the target of criticism and the subject of ongoing conservative news coverage. No, it's not recent comments. They've made a point to say we have six grandchildren. Yes. They hung up stockings on Christmas for the dogs, but not for a little baby girl in Arkansas. Right. They're bad people. Yes. And when you hear from people that were in similar situations as a kid and can remember, it gets more real, at least to me. It's like, wow, that is heartbreaking for the kid. Because as it's been said, that four-year-old knows that Hunter's the dad and Joe's the grandpa, Mm -hmm. but just have nothing to do with her. Well, the GOP didn't invent any part of this Biden family history. No. It wasn't invented. No. It was right there. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. I mean, everybody's on the payroll. There's no doubt about that. So in that way, he's a great family man. Well, that really trips your trigger, doesn't it? Well, damn, man. <laughs> I mean, this guy is being held up as source America's grandpa or whatever the hell they hold him up to, and we're pouncing on him because we're pointing out things that are true. Your son is an idiot. Well, he's a drug addict. Don't make fun of drugs. Okay. It's way beyond that. Way beyond that. Well, you showered with your daughter? Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, dude, what is happening here? Well, the the thing is, too, if it was just going after Hunter for being a crack addict, yeah, I know. I think the the critic the criticism would be fair. Like, hey, man, he's had problems. Absolutely, it's not about that. No, it's about the fact that while also being a crack addict, he's running around the world making bank off the American people uh, with the help of his dad. With the help of his dad, who was securing and potentially influencing U.S. policy to help his crackhead son. You know, nobody goes after Ashley Biden. Ashley Biden has struggled with drug addiction. During the campaign, they kept her quiet because she was in rehab. Oh, yeah, great family man, huh? Had an opportunity to actually talk about your daughter's struggles and how that's impacted your family. Never did it because he's ashamed of his daughter. Ooh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of ugliness there, man. No doubt about it. Okay, sorry to bust up that conversation. No, I, just... I gotta, I gotta hear about the Chinese young people that are getting jobs as full-time children. What does that mean? Yeah, in recent months, the hashtags "full-time daughter" and "full-time son" have been trending on Chinese social media platforms. So the situation here uh, is that they have a record twenty-one point three percent unemployment rate among people aged sixteen to twenty-four. Wow. And, I mean, it's it's bad because of zero COVID policies that shut yeah. down the economy for so long. And, after all, a planned economy uh, doesn't work in the long run, despite nope. what the communists here in the United States want to tell you. Um, and so some children, adult children, have moved back in with mom and dad, and mom and dad pay them to basically take care of the house and stuff, which isn't my view of a full-time, you know, kid or whatever, but... Well, you're a full-time kid from the time you're born. Right. (laughs) What does that even mean? I kind of see that more as you're their live-in maid or something like that. And if your parents can swing it, yeah, good for you. Whatever. 
A live-in maid. You know what they used to call that? What? Chores. That's part of what you do to be in this family. We all have to eat. We all have to live in this space. We're out busting it, making the money. You're doing nothing, so at least you know, do the laundry, clean the bathroom. Yep. Well, it's like a maid service. No! Do you understand? <laughs> Living somewhere is not free. So I, I just really bring this up because there's a Chinese slang term for young people who depend solely on their parents to make a living. Yeah. Uh, the action is called in Chinese chewing the old. <laughs> chewing the old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just eating you alive, just bit by bit. <laughs> yep. They're... Your pride, your resources, all of it. And yep. that your maid. Just getting chewed away. You know, you can stop being my maid by leaving. <laughs> yeah. Stop eating all my food, staying in my house. Do you understand how this works? You're the kid. It's time for you to go. Oh, man. All right. News update. And when's the last time you paid attention to a warning label? We'll get to that coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, a baby was rescued from a hot car in South Texas. Yeah, this is in Harlingen, South Texas, and... Uh, I mean, it's just a, a, a good news story in a bad situation. So apparently mom had the kid in the back seat of the car and locked her keys in the car. Mm-hmm. So you didn't just forget about the kid, but, you know, right. just it was one of those things. You're juggling a million things, and boom, keys are locked in the car. A bunch of people stepped in to help. They shattered the back window of her vehicle, and another uh, a couple of dudes did that, and a woman climbed through the broken window to get the kid out. Wow. Yeah. I think any of us would do that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, you'd break the window, Scott. I don't know if you'd crawl through there. Well, no. I probably would get somebody to crawl through it after I broke it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Because if I crawled through it, I wouldn't be of any help. Yeah. Well, you could. If you had to. If it was yeah, life and death, you'd do to. it. Yeah, I would do it, yeah. Yeah. I did see this story. This was from CNBC. Talking about his research is a little nervous right now about warning labels. You know why? When's the last time you read a warning label on anything? You know what? I don't all the time. It depends. Like if I'm like I buy sometimes I buy supplements and I like to read them a little bit. What kind of supplements? Like B12 or B2 or zinc or, you know, stuff like that. Something that's been recommended or you just read yeah, it somewhere? I read about it, checked it out for myself. Then I might read the label. Okay. But I don't read the label much of anything. That's really interesting, man. No, it isn't. No, it is because, oh. okay, for those new to the show, you had to go to the hospital during the height of the COVID scare because you were popping bear every night and it jacked up your stomach. Yeah, it did. Was there a warning on that? Uh, probably, but it's aspirin. You just figure it's all safe, right? I'll eat 10 of them a day. I'm good. Researchers are saying, you know, everything's got a warning label now, so people really don't read them. Right. You become numb to them. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are so ridiculous. You know, don't place your hand while the blade is moving on your lawnmower underneath the carriage or something. You know, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you read the warning labels, David? Only on my wife's clothes if I'm doing the laundry. Oh. I really don't want to screw that up. Yeah, I get that. Wait a second. Is there a history here or something? Or you just no, know better? I just, okay. they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
you don't want to get in trouble, and more than anything, I don't want to replace right, it. Right, exactly. There you go. Yeah, it costs yeah. a lot of cash. <laughs> yep. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hey, you Republican people, can't you just give this Hunter Biden thing a break and just be done with it already? No. Golly, what do I win? <laughs> it's just getting good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah, yeah it really is. So uh, we just got uh, word that Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, is going to be testifying in front of the House Oversight Committee sometime this week. And... The New York Post has an has a report out today talking about what he plans to say, in part at least. And the big takeaway is that Joe Biden was on the phone during some conversations with um, that Ukrainian gas company Burisma while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. Uh oh. That Burisma Hunter would dial him in on speakerphone. Yeah. Yes. That that Burisma knew that they were in a jam and they needed the big guy to to help him out of it. So let's put in a little bit of FaceTime with the old pops uh, to make sure that he knows that we're still out here. And this happened to happen uh, at the time that he was working on uh, some issues that would be very uh, 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 near and dear to the heart of the Ukrainian government. Correct. So it just so happens that Joe Biden has Ukraine in his vice presidential portfolio while his son is doing a business deal with a gas company, the leaders of which don't think very much of Hunter Biden personally, at least according to that FBI document that came out last week. They they thought he was a dope. Yeah. They don't recognize greatness? No, they they said my dog is smarter than Hunter Biden. (laughs) But Hunter was useful because, well, his dad was vice president. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and and then in that of course wow. document uh, the apparently there was a 5 million dollar bribe given to Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah, that one part where <laughs> as you mentioned they didn't think a whole lot of Hunter and they're at that meeting at the Four Seasons. Yeah. And the one who says, hey, "Can you ring your dad?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all know why you're here, Hunter. Okay? I suppose one of the places this archer guy he is, what, facing jail for his role in a $60 million bond fraud? I think it's billion, but yeah, a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, so he's going to testify, and I would guess if the left covers it at all in legacy media, well, this guy's singing right now, is singing right. their song. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that's the yeah. only reason he would say this about Hunter. Yeah, they, they turned Michael Cohen into a media darling because he flipped on Trump. But the rules don't apply if it's something that could harm a Democrat, at least right now. It still yes. does have the feeling of just little by little information is coming out uh, to the point where maybe by the end of the year or early next year, there's going to be some sort of push where Joe Biden comes out and says, I have uh, wouldn't you know it? I've got dementia. I'm going to step down. And we need to have a primary. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was that, that picture, too, that's making the rounds of Archer with Joe and Hunter. They're playing golf with one of their other buddies. It's not Tony Bobolinski, but one of the other mm-hmm. guys. 
Yeah, this will be interesting to see how this is covered this week. Um, meanwhile, in Florida, they're teaching the kids there that uh, slavery was a good thing for the slaves. Yeah, and and this is the ultimate distraction, right? I mean, you've got, uh, for the media, it's catnip. You've got Florida. They hate Florida, even though they all vacation yes. there. Um, <laughs> they hate Ron DeSantis, um, and they love to talk about race. Yes, and this so- is true. And, you know, there's you can only say so many times, the indictment could come down today for Trump. You've got to sing some other song at some point. <laughs> right. So let's go after Florida. So the left is lying about Florida's history curriculum because of this, what is essentially a footnote in the document that asks students to consider, quote, slaves develop skills in which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. And that's been warped into Florida is teaching kids that slavery was good. Politico reporter Eugene Daniels claimed Governor Ron DeSantis doesn't want kids to know that slavery was bad. He felt, and a lot of people around this country are starting to feel, that we can't teach the correct history of this country because it makes white kids uncomfortable. That is at the base of this, right? That it is uncomfortable. Okay, okay. Have you ever heard this from anyone anywhere ever? No. No, the answer is no. No, the, that, again, that's a warping of something that uh, DeSantis and other lawmakers have gone after, which is the critical race theory aspect, which correct. is that... You, as a, if you're a white student, you have to mm-hmm. accept the gospel that you are an enslaver, and there is nothing you can do about it because you were born racist and you will die racist. Right. And you need to do the work. And, and even after you do the work, you're still going to be racist. Yeah. Yeah. And w- well, because you need to continue to do the work and buy more yes. of my books. Um, yes. Now, on the other. T- hand as well i think this is equally if not more damaging is telling black kids that there's nothing they can do they'll always be oppressed oh that's why a lot of black parents hate this crap i mean it it is don't really dare tell my child that yeah it is really despicable what they want to do and so apparently now that's being applied to uh slavery that somehow i, I look the only the, the real quibble here is that Republicans really don't like the likes of Abram X. Kendi saying that a, a six-year-old white kid is responsible for slavery. Right. Then you should be able to say that. But, I mean, I mean, we've talked about this before, especially being older than you, David. Scott, <laughs> you were taught about slavery in school. So was I. And how awful it was and terrible. And it, I mean, it was gut-wrenching. I mean, and pretty much everyone I know had that experience in their education. Mm -hmm. And to try to pretend that that is not what schools are teaching is so disingenuous. This idiot. That is uncomfortable to hear that people that look like you put people that look like me in chains and made them do things and beat them and rape them. That is uncomfortable for kids to hear. That is what folks are. That is what these folks are saying. Dude, that's gone on since the beginning of man. Mm hmm. Sometimes it happens with people of the same race. Sometimes it's different races. It's happened back and forth throughout history. I mean, and yes, it's always uncomfortable. No one really wants to hear about it. You know, no one wants to go see Schindler's List to enjoy it. It's like this atrocity and these stories. And you got to remember these things so they don't repeat. Okay, but to try to pretend that you're trying to shield kids from that, that's just nonsense. 
Ugh. Done with that. Okay. David, can you explain the story about the 90% that get the COVID booster won't die story? Yeah. So so now Rand Paul has, has highlighted this. Um, there was a study done in Israel on COVID boosters. And this was done, uh, I think it was published December 2021 on the boosters, again, using data out of Israel. And a few researchers have asked for some clarification on this, um, where uh, here the basic uh, rub is this, uh, that the researchers in America are saying, well, wait a minute, you really only looked at an otherwise healthy population. You didn't look at hospitalized people or people at risk of going to the hospital or having other underlying conditions. And therefore, maybe you were mistaken when you said it was as effective as you said it was. So the researchers have come out and said, well, yeah, we used these other modeling, um, these other modeling tactics to try to reach this conclusion. And again, you read, you read the criticism and the response and it's all very technical or technically based, obviously, because these are experts in the field and they're talking about statistics and epidemiology that mm-hmm. most lay people don't understand. The, uh, again, the, the simplest thing is they're basically saying you didn't look at enough sick people to really judge whether or not the COVID booster was as effective as you claimed it was. Got it. And they can't, and so the initial researchers in Israel came back and said, well, yeah, here's how we got to that conclusion. And there is actually a pretty big chasm that is not defined between death from all other causes among boosted populations and unboosted populations. Okay. So we can't really define that. Again, it's very deep in the weed. It's very dense material. And so they've acknowledged that, yeah, this was kind of a best guess. Um, But this was one of the data points that was used in America to talk about going and getting boosted and Mm -hmm. yada, all of that. So it's just another uh, brick in the wall, so to speak. Yes. Which reminds me, by the way, when you said brick in the wall, Pink Floyd, because Robbins has his Pink Floyd shirt on. I said, I don't know how long ago that Roger Waters re-recorded The Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, and I said I'd get to it in 15 minutes, and then I forgot. ADD mm-hmm. Theater took over, and it's my it's my fault. Nice to have some help from some of your friends, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to point out your memory slip. No, please. Like, yeah, hey, man, what yeah. about the what about the Roger Waters? They're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Please do that to me anytime because I had forgotten. So apparently, he is saying he wanted to reimagine Dark Side of the Moon no. because it's coming up on its fiftieth anniversary. <sighs> He's looking to make money. Yeah, of course. He is. It seems to me. So, do you want to hear part of his version of money? I, this is the new version. Yes, from Roger okay, Waters. Okay. okay, yeah. Okay, you asked for it. Money. Hold on, stop, 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 stop right there, just for a second. The rolling of the eyes, Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> David, do you have to go use the restroom? Are you okay? That's awful. That is awful. Yeah, it's not known for his singing, I wouldn't say. What else are you going to do right now? Reason David Gilmore 
to point out the reason I'm laughing is the look on Robin's and Van Camp's face. Not a fan. Who's like, gonna buy this? Diehard Pink Floyd fans. This yeah, is diehard. I'm one of them, but I'm not gonna do this. I'm. You're, I wouldn't call you diehard. I. You're a fan. Yeah. This is yeah. like Roger Waters farting in my ear. I, I don't like this, man. <laughs> you know, but who who went? You know what you got to do, Roger. You should do that. Really? This accountant, probably. You think so? Yeah. Oh yeah. I would guess so. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to get to a news update, and a former Disney cast member reveals secrets inside the Magic Kingdom. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trump with 48% of support in South Carolina. Nikki Haley second, 14%. Ron DeSantis, 13%. Tim Scott, 10%. Just a little update there. Wow. Why do you say wow? Well, because, I mean, the decline of Santis, DeSantis is really something to be watching here. Not just South Carolina, you mean a no, lot of different I mean, places? Just, just, yeah, it's just unbelievable that it, there's no traction there at all. I don't understand it, but there isn't. What do you think, David? Why no I, traction? I think Trump is Trump takes up a lot of the oxygen in the room. I mean, he just does. And then the other thing is, I don't know how many people are paying attention at this point. You really got to wait until you get yeah, to the yeah, debates I, I and can, all of I that. I can see that. But, but we'll see. I mean... It, I'll tell you this, as a guy who's been interested in watching what DeSantis does, I've been very underwhelmed with the overall campaign. Well, apparently they're rebooting. Is that the term Yeah, I've we heard? talked about that last yeah. week. Yeah, they fired yeah. a bunch of people, and they're coming back out. I think one of the problems that I've noticed is that they are extremely online, and that can be... Uh, that can be a good thing to reach a certain number of people, but yeah. you know when when so much of your campaign strategy of fighting back against lies being told about you is just done on Twitter, it, it doesn't work. It, yes. At least unless you're like Trump, where you know every time he tweeted, it was like stop the presses, we need to talk about a Trump tweet. Right. Well, one of the things that it, I'm just speaking for me, and this is. A, you know, a whole total critique of Fox News. I'm watching Fox a lot less since Tucker was fired. Oh, yeah. So I don't see much just from there as far as coverage of DeSantis. So when you're talking about it, mostly it's online. Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't hear much about it, to be honest. But it is early. So we'll see. It is cracking me up that some people are dinging him. You know, that fight with Disney, that was just way out of line. And that's usually people from... You know, the old school Republican Party. Yeah. Got to be good to business. Yeah. That the, sort of thing. It's the like, Mitt Romney wing. Exactly. Yeah. And I happen to see this, and I don't know if this is supposed to be some sort of, like, gotcha on Disney. There's this person that's an ex-employee that's racked up, like, close to 8 million views of his video of inside stuff that happens at the Magic Kingdom. Okay? Ooh. Like, you, you could get fired for some things. And I'm like, well, if this is one of the big the big parts of this, is this really that big a deal? You tell me. Breaking the rules. For example, if you wake up one morning and you call in sick, and then you take your employee ID card and you go to Magic Kingdom and you use it to get free entry into Magic Kingdom, well, the mouse knows that you called in sick, cross-references your sick day with the free entrance at the gate of Magic Kingdom, and guess what? You're fired and escorted off the premises before you even ever make it to Space Mountain. Well, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
You called in sick and then went to Matt. Come on, shut up. Here's something else. Continuity is something that Disney World takes very seriously. For example, my uniform was all gray. I worked in Tomorrowland at Space Mountain. If I decided to get hungry and go to Frontierland and walk to another land and dress in uniform, they would fire me on the spot. That goes with the theme. Well, dude, don't do it, okay? Right. Well, there's other stuff, too. You know, as some cast members, they have freedoms. He talked about that. Why? Their parents thought it would be a great idea. No, no, no. Go back to the what they can do. One, at Magic Kingdom, all cast members are empowered to create magical moments. These are designed for if you see a kid lose their turkey leg to a seagull, you can go get them a brand new one for free. Have you ever seen a janitor move trash through the park? The answer is no. That would destroy the magic. Every trash can that you see is not actually a trash can, but a chute that goes directly into Disney's trash compactor system called the Utilidor. Nobody throws up at Disney World. That's by, by the way, a lot of people already know that. This yeah. stuff has been in books for a long time. But it, it is racking up a ton of views. Nobody throws up at Disney World. That's gross. They have protein spills, and every cast member has protein spill powder. You throw it on top of the throw-up, it dries it up, and the janitor will come and clean it up a few minutes later. I would okay. have to call Child Protective Services, the police, and Disney management at least once a month while working at Space Mountain. Why? Their parents thought it would be a great idea to wait in a two-and-a-half-hour line to get onto Space Mountain and leave their kid out front. Well, by the time they get off that ride, the police greet them, and no one leaves happy, and it's not very magical. Well, there's crappy parents everywhere, even yeah. ones that get into Disney. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. I just thought that was hilarious. All right, David, biggest story of the day. Apparently, it's a shocker to lie to your boss about taking a sick day and then using <laughs> company property. It's like, I'm working at Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't make it in. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. And then I go in to take advantage of my employee discount. Exactly. How dare you? I mean, yeah, you'd probably get, well, not at the Burlington yes. Coat Factory I worked at. No, they. They'd no, they needed the staff. Be happy that you bought something. <laughs> Are you saying that it was a little downtrodden? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was, just a little bit. Isn't that where you picked up your wife? Yeah, it is. Because you were working there together. Yep. That's going to be in the book, man. It's a wild story. <laughs> All right, Scott Robbins, you ready for your big three of the day? Yeah. Got the trifecta and a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the good thing is you can always count on ABC News to give you the unfettered truth about any potential controversy <laughs> that is leading to a national conversation. Okay. And this has to do with Florida's education standards. Oh, boy. As in the African-American history section, there's uh, what amounts to a footnote or a clarification that talks about uh, well, while enslaved, what uh, what skills might slaves have picked up that in some instances could have benefited them later on down the road? Okay. Okay. They act like that's the centerpiece of the curriculum, and that's terrible because they're trying to teach kids that slavery never happened. So that's where we bring ABC News into the picture with Whoopi Goldberg. No. From The View. I feel oh. like they didn't talk to any African-Americans because we could have told them. Written by two black guys. Anyway. About the history. And nor have any, anyone seemingly gone to the Smithsonian to find out anything. You know, there are all of these 
former slaves who have given their testimony. You can go to the Smithsonian and hear them. So apparently they all think it's a lie. Uh, but the board uh, defended the standards. I'm sorry for laughing because it's so shocking. Vice President Kamala Harris went to Jacksonville to give her thoughts. Whatever. Okay. I mean, they, these are the same people who wet their pants about misinformation on social media. They spread disinformation all the time. Yes. Well, and you had the one commentator, and I forget now if it was MSNBC, CNN, whoever, saying, well, just because the people that wrote it were black doesn't mean that they forgot. Mm -hmm. Whoopi doesn't even know that. They should have talked to some black people. They wrote it. <laughs> There's not a producer that helps her along at all? My goodness. No. I think sometimes it is just fly by the seat of your pants, crib notes, and just go. I guess. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if you actually, that was your gig, to arm them with facts before they go on and then they ignore it? You're like, I quit this gig. Forget it. 20-second show. My goodness. Oh, I had mentioned this briefly earlier. Um, there's this guy. I'm not familiar with Jideon. Jideon. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He's a famous YouTuber. Does a lot of stunt stuff. Apparently... He has been banned from all NBA-related events from here on out. You know why? Why? Because he was in the front row of a WNBA game asleep, saying he had sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> There's audio of when he was confronted. <laughs> I have really bad sleep apnea, so it makes me cold. Just, like, wake me up if I start snoring, okay? Like, hey, we can't be doing this. There he is, sideline the game's going on. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Get me out so I don't have to escort you out, sir. Sleep at home. I got sleep apnea, man. I don't know what to tell you. I can't control it. You're not a little sleepy, too? I got an extra headrest. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a stunt, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, of course. But that's hilarious. Just a stunt. Uh, no, it's not funny. And it's not just WNBA games. NBA games, too. Well, You're gone. Wow. You're did, out. Did you see ESPN? It was during the WNBA All-Star game. I know we were all watching. Brittany Griner dunked, and it was an egregious travel, first and foremost. But anyway... They uh, she dunked and ESPN was like running that on a loop. Oh, See, they I can, saw that. I saw they can that. dunk yeah. in the WNBA. Unbelievable! Wow! <laughs> it was. It kind of looked like I did not. I missed all of this. It looked like me, you know, going after a, a, a six foot hoop. You know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like she left from the free throw line and suspended in the air like right. Jordan and then. I mean, it was a little. It was a little dunk. I was like, "Does that even count as a dunk?" Yeah, and then the announcers looked like went a layup nuts. To me, they but... went crazy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's six foot nine. She slammed it home. <laughs> I hope she can dunk. <laughs> it was so lame. So she wasn't like bounced it off the floor, no, off the glass, no. and then windmill that son of a boop. Oh, it wasn't like one a, of those. It was just... like a breakaway. It could have okay. been a layup, but it, she chose to dunk it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like if you like the sport, you like the sport. I'm, I'm not going to oh, criticize you for liking the sport, but this is kind of like the media desperation when uh, Vanderbilt let that uh, let that woman, the soccer player, female soccer player, do a kickoff <laughs> yes. a couple years ago. Yes. It was like a squib kick. Yes. It really was nothing. I mean, it, what, it barely made it to the other 30-yard line or something like that? Yes. 
And then they said, no, that's exactly what she was supposed to do in that situation. And anyone who's watched football for any amount of time says that's not at all what you're supposed to do in that situation. Right. Well, dude, you remember when it was the big story was the women's NCAA? I told you a buddy of mine who had coached girls basketball told me, you should see this guard from Iowa, the shooting or whatever. It, dude, I have total appreciation for watching great play. Yeah. You know, like crossing somebody over, step back three and watching stuff like that. I'm like, wow, that's really something. To watch just another dunk and then to roll that on a loop. Honestly, man, <laughs> to me, it's disrespective to the whole women's game to say, see? Yeah. It's like oh, embarrassing. Oh, like the Vanderbilt kicker. It, exactly. You, you can celebrate. Hey, cool. You know, they, they this was a first. You know, you had this female kicking off in a, a Division One college game and all of that. But then to go out and say, and she nailed it, is just insulting to her. <laughs> yes. Remember, we we're going to have the first women's uh, football player. She was a defensive back, I think. And then we watched David. I think Scott was still out, had been in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We watched a couple of plays. It's like, no, this, this is all bogus. Yeah. These media reports, this is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go. All right, Robin, there we go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day, always helped in the countdown. His hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You okay? Good. You have a good week off? You have a good week off? Yes. Okay, okay yeah. Jeez. I'm ready. Okay. Three. I had to think about that, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> Number three, interstate road rage you want to talk about. Yeah, Northern Kentucky guy will not face any charges after officials ruled. He was, in fact, acting in self-defense when he shot and killed a guy during an altercation on a road at interstate, actually. Joshua Taylor, on his way home from work, he crossed paths with somebody named John Patrick Abel. This guy was driving home after a day of fishing. Witnesses describe Abel driving aggressively. And eventually, Taylor's car and Abel's SUV collided, sending Abel's vehicle spinning until it came to a stop near the on-ramp. Taylor got on the phone to call 911 to report what had happened. He'd been involved with a wreck. While he's on the phone with dis- dispatchers, he described the driver approaching his own vehicle with a rifle in his hand. Whoa. Dispatchers heard a brief argument between the two men before shots rang out. Taylor told dispatch he'd fired the shots from his own gun and struck Abel. The calls or recording shows Taylor administering first aid afterwards. Abel transported to the hospital and died. Lesson, don't drive like that on the interstate, and if you do, don't approach someone with a gun with your gun. Wow. And the countdown continues. Good guy with gun one, bad guy with gun zero. The Sky Robbins trifecta, the top three of the day, up to number two. Uh, liberals are mad that someone mentioned Biden's age. Yeah, quite uh, unexpected to see mainstream news outlets like NBC News report on this. They did kind of, sort of, but not really. They said in a tweet, aides appear to be making concessions to President Biden's age, hoping to avoid viral moments that would reinforce voters' worries about his fitness. Yeah. Did, did you hear Left that? Left one out of their mind. Did you hear that yeah. story, actually? No, I did not. They, it was a Politico story that they lowered the stairs for Joe Biden because he kept falling up them. Yeah. 
So they they put in a staircase that had shorter West risers, okay. so that he would <laughs> so that he wouldn't trip. He was defeated by a staircase, Scott. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, by the way, since this is the trifecta, yeah. While you were out, I think all three of these happened while you were out talking about Biden, his age. Yeah. Maybe something's going on. Well, there was that part where he basically fell asleep talking to the president of Israel. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and they, uh, and, uh, and, uh, the, uh, and and Shram. Yeah. And uh, as I, uh, yeah, the prime minister, is it just uh, seriously? Can you make that out at all? And as I, yes, there was that. I think you missed. Freestanding, have free, 30 free, 32 freestanding members. That's whatever. He's fine. The Ministry of COVID's daughter of Ireland, daughter of Ireland, you can tell us before you slip on thinking of home. Age, what's that? There's not concessions to his age. It's concessions to his Senility. freaking unfitness. Yes. You idiots. Yeah. And you got he, the, the dude has got to be sitting there. With his head cocked like the RCA dog. Like, what? <laughs> this guy's running a country? There's a third one. Yes, it's it is the insane. Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Okay. Up to number one. Uh, Dr. Peter Hotez, this little weenie who uh, um, just go? can't let COVID go. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Hotez. Yeah, Dr. Peter Hotez. Okay. Uh, this weekend, big weekend for movies. Uh, Barbie Oppenheimer opened. Yeah. And, you know, $164 million for Barbie, Oppenheimer at $82 million. Man, that's a big box office draw. But to Professor Peter Hotez is not happy. He tweeted out, not to be a Debbie Downer, but anyone worried about a post-Barbie box office COVID bump, question mark, or post-Oppenheimer bump, question mark, we'll probably never know since no one seems to be keeping track of such things anymore. But keep up with your boosters, everybody. Oh, my goodness. And find a pink N95 or KN95 if you can. Wow. <laughs> well, it's 2023, dude. Well, in, in fairness, aside from a bunch of other blockbuster theatrical releases, this is the first blockbuster theatrical release since 2020. Yeah, this big, that's true. Well, that is true. No, but... I'm just saying, Hotez, my man. they've released a bunch of movies. Top Gun was huge. Yes. And nobody cared. Nobody cares about COVID anymore. It's because all these people are coming back to the theater. And, oh, we've got to pretend like we still care about this stuff. You know, and, and his relevance is waning by the minute. But he was called out. So he has to somehow maintain some sort of relevancy, correct? Yes, he was called out. He didn't answer the bell. It's pretty much over anyway. And there you have it. Yes, the Scott Robbins strike factor. Ah, good to have you back, Scott. Ah, it's good to be back. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you mean? Is it? You're like, get these stories are driving me crazy. Well, I, I know, but I, I couldn't. I was screaming at my cats <laughs> for five days. News update and Nimrods in the news coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Okay. Well, this is one for the ages. Oh, Uh, wow, okay. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, doing a uh, press conference, and apparently there was a heckler there 
who said that he was, quote-unquote, bleeping with homeless people. I'm not entirely sure what the particular heckler had a problem with. I don't know if this had to do with the migrants taking up space in homeless shelters or or what. I have no idea. Or just a crazy person. And um, I bleeped out a lot of this. Um, it, Eric Adams gave quite a weird response. Remember, what he heard was her saying, you are bleeping, dropping the F-bomb, bleeping with homeless people. Okay. Messing with homeless, you know that. You know, one should be one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know <laughs> what? Oh my goodness! <laughs> He's trying to make a joke Jeez. after hearing someone's bleeping with homeless people. They should feel lucky anybody wants any of that. Isn't that what he's saying? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Look at you. I don't think, I don't think, wow. Well, he really misunderstood the context, didn't he? (laughs) Not only that, but he will have people on the left going after him hard now for that. What the hell does that even mean? I don't even know. Okay, we're getting into mind reading, but this is as I take it. Yeah. Can you play it again, please? Yeah, I'll try. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear that again. Because the way I think. She said, "I'm messing with homeless." You know that? You know, one should be one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know. They should be happy. Wow. God, I mean, obviously, where are they going to take them? We are. Not back home. <laughs> Isn't that what he's saying? Right. Wow, man. Oh, wow. Welcome to Tent City. Unbelievable. <laughs> we got plenty we of on polls for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there are going to be people that are advocates for the homeless saying, hey, man. <laughs> What the heck were you saying? Yeah, well. Saying people are undesirable? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be Well, The new campaign, Lover for Bums. (laughs) Just don't launch it during Pride Month, okay? You're going to get a different crowd. Oh, Websites. Wipe right. (laughs) Yep, and here we go into Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. We start in Pennsylvania. 24-year-old man there, Dequai Jackson. Dequai ordered three cakes from a grocery store with photos of himself printed on them. Oh, nice. Okay. He goes through the self-checkout, but he didn't pay for the cakes. Oh. He got some candles, some canned items, some cupcakes, paid $12.99, but he didn't scan the cakes, which were worth more than $90 total. Oh, boy. Police are still looking for him, but... It's only a matter of time. They ID'd him based on security footage and the photos he submitted for the cake. cake. And here's the thing. Dequai has a criminal record. He was on Nimrod's in the News a couple of years ago because he was caught stealing $1,000 worth of Yankee candles from a CVS. You remember that? Oh, police detectives have a cake in the front seat of their car now. (laughs) Looking around. And a British guy who stole more than $59,000 worth of Cadbury cream eggs has been sentenced to 18 months in prison. And that's Nimrod's in the News.